Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On this episode of the OFNT podcast, thanks to a flurry of releases from Apple, I actually have some tech news. I also have some very limited entertainment and podcast news. I finish up my Montauk Air Force Station story and wrap it all up with a semi rant. Cue music. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to another episode of the OFNT podcast. OFNT stands for Old Fart, New Tech. I'm your host and resident old fart, Jim Schaefer. And the new tech, at least to me, is this podcast. I hope you are all doing well and having a great week. I also hope this finds you virus-free. China is desperately trying to save their brand. Don't fall for it. Enough said. Politics. Our government seems to have finally united against the coronavirus with the Minnesota Representative Ilhan Omar actually praising President Trump. I never saw that one coming. The mainstream media seems to be operating as usual, though. During the daily coronavirus briefings, the so-called reporters are accusing the president of being racist and other not-so-nice things. So, business as usual. In this time of crisis, it seems to me the press's role is to trip the president up and make him look bad. In my opinion, the only ones looking bad are the media themselves. We need unity at this point. Can we drop politics for just a while, please? Let's go into tech news. I actually have some. Apple had a flurry of releases this week. Updated iPad Pros, MacBook Airs, and MacBook Minis, though the Mini seems to have only gotten a memory update. 
Of the new models, the one that interests me the most is the iPad Pro, and not for the reason you might think. The biggest advance to the lineup to me is the Companion Magic Keyboard. It finally has backlit keys, which is a necessity to night owls like myself, and also has a trackpad. The keyboard is also adjustable to different angles, which, besides the non-backlit keys, are the only complaints I have with the old model keyboard. These upgrades make the iPad more computer-like than ever. The new iPads now also feature the same camera module as the iPhone 11, which, for me, doesn't really matter. I don't think I have ever taken a photo with any iPad I have owned. Also featured is a LiDAR camera array, which measures distance to surrounding objects, which I also have no use for. The base model's RAM has been doubled to 128 gigs versus the older model's 64 gig. I love the new keyboard the most, but to use it, I'd have to upgrade from my old Touch ID model. I might get last year's 11-inch model and pair it up with the new Magic Keyboard, being that I don't have a use for the LiDAR or upgraded cameras. I'd keep my old 12.9-inch iPad for media consumption and use the 11-inch for mobile computing. Hey, Father's Day is coming. Are you listening, kids? The upgraded MacBook Air not only has upgraded its storage from 128 gigs to 256 gigs for the base model, and along with having a Magic Keyboard amongst other upgrades, but it comes in $100 cheaper for the base model than last year's model. Forget the Magic Keyboard, the price reduction is the magic part for me. The new model also features upgraded latest generation Intel CPUs, and you can upgrade the internal storage to 2 terabytes if you want. I don't know what you'd be doing to need to have that much internal storage, but what do I know? The internal speakers and microphones were also upgraded. Now, what wasn't upgraded was the display, and the bezels weren't trimmed down like last year's 16-inch model MacBook Pro. And the webcam is still the same old crappy 720p module, which really has fallen behind compared to Apple's Windows competitors. Another update of note is the ability of the new Air to drive up to two 4K displays and one 5 or 6K display. That 6K display would be Apple's Pro Display XDR, but I can't imagine many people in the targeted market for this machine would be doing that. It's always nice to know you have the capability to do so, I guess. I don't know how I feel about these new keyboards, though. If they feel like the Magic Keyboard I have for my iMac, I actually prefer the feel of the much maligned Butterfly Keyboard. The modern ones, anyway. I have a 2018 MacBook Air and a 2019 MacBook Pro, and I prefer the keyboard from the older Air, but the Pro is still very good. The Air's keyboard has a better feel, which I describe as softer than the Pro's keyboard. The Magic Keyboard I use on the iMac has an unnatural feel to me. 
I don't eat while using my computers, and I store them in protective leather cases while not in use. I've never had any of the problems reported with these keyboards. I hope I just haven't jinxed myself. Speaking of the new Magic Keyboard, the tech press seems to be in love with it. The only complaint being it's a tad too loud. That's what I thought of the original Butterfly Keyboard on my old 2016 MacBook Pro. That and the crappy feel which was akin to the old chiclet keys on a Radio Shack color computer too. Look that up, kids. My 2018 Air has the quietest and best-feeling keyboard to me. Then again, I'm sort of a keyboard agnostic. Like I stated before, the Mac Mini only received a bump in internal storage from 128 gigs to 256 gigs. The Mini occupies a weird place in Apple's computer lineup. Originally, it was for giving people a cheap in to the Mac ecosystem. It was their cheapest computer, and you added your own keyboard, monitor, and mouse. What it has become is a media server for home and some industrial use. In my opinion, this Mac is priced too high for its original purpose, and with most media available for streaming these days, it's definitely a niche product. Hence the lack of love from Apple. At least that's my opinion. I'm set for computers, so the iPad is the only thing that kind of interests me at the moment. In the future, I'll probably probably be going for a new iMac. The other somewhat forgotten releases from Apple this week were new watch bands and the new Power Beats headphones. The Powerbeats feature a new design which mimics the Powerbeats Pro and feature the same latest custom chips as all the recent headphone releases from Apple. Battery power got a three-hour bump and the price has dropped $50 from the cost of its predecessor. That's always a good thing. I had the original model in this series and found them uncomfortable and clumsy to charge with the supplied lightning cable. A special thank you to Apple for rescuing this section of my podcast this week. Tech I'm Using Recently, I finally got around to inserting the Behringer units into my audio chain. I received the MIC2200 Ultra Gain Pro microphone amplifier and the MDX2600 Composer Pro channel strip as Christmas presents from my lovely daughters. I'm a bit overwhelmed at all the adjustments to the sound you can make with these units, and there is hardly anything online or on YouTube about how to use them. Well, at least in English, as these units are seemingly more popular in other areas of the world. If you hear the sound of my podcast changing, it's because I'm fiddling with the massive amounts of settings available to me. The build quality seems surprisingly good for the price. Reliability is another question, and I guess uh, we'll find out. For the price, I don't think you can beat these units, especially if you are a musician. For podcasters, though, I think the DBX286S is the way to go. It seems to be much simpler to configure, and the noise gate is much better than the one on the Behringer Composer, according to users of both. 
Also, though much simpler, the equalization supplied on the DBX has been described as magic by reviewers. Boy, magic's a popular term on this podcast today. I'm probably going to pick up a 286S and keep the Behringer units for when or if I eventually have a co-host or interview a guest, because unlike the DBX, the Behringer units have dual microphone inputs and, of course, outputs. Moving along to entertainment news. Well, not much news this week. In fact, virtually no news. Most of the stories featured in my newsfeed were of how brave and inspiring celebrities are self-quarantining. That and a bunch of them got together to remotely sing Imagine, the hit song from the late John Lennon. That's just what we needed to get through this horrifying pandemic. Sarcasm off. Seriously, it seemed half of them didn't even know the rhythm of the song. It was as if they had never listened to it and were supplied the lyrics. Why do these people think that they are so important and are doing us peasants a favor by releasing this garbage? Besides that, only one story grabbed my attention. From Geo.TV Evangeline Lilly slammed for refusing to self-quarantine as coronavirus escalates, reads the headline. At first, I thought that this person had been positive, tested positive for the COVID-19 virus and refused to quarantine herself. It's not that at all. She and her family are just fine and are taking precautions, but are living their life as normally as they can. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course, the online trolls who have prob- probably been self-quarantining themselves for most of their lives are slamming her for trying to make this time as normal as possible for her kids. The article doesn't tell us where she lives, and it ends with a quote from her. Quote, Some people value their lives over freedom. Some people value freedom over their lives. We all make our choices. End quote. I hope she doesn't get banished from Hollywood for her stance. I really have never heard of her before, but it lists Ant-Man and Avengers Endgame as movies she's been in. I agree with her stance, and will be keeping an eye on her in the future, if she has a future in Hollywood. What say you guys? Moving right along into podcast news. Not pointing to a specific article, but following the explosions of coronavirus-themed podcasts, comes a rising tide of quarantined-themed podcast. This new wave of podcasts seems to be fueled by mostly minor celebrities. Some big podcast outlets are scaling back productions or using remote services to record forsaking studios they own. InsiderRadio.com is reporting that there are now over 1 million podcasts, according to the podcast search engine Listen Notes. Even though the database now includes more than 1 million podcasts, Listen Notes points out that it doesn't mean all shows are considered active. Slightly more than a third of shows have released an episode since the new year began. At the same time, reports about 6,300 podcasts have officially gone dark. 
a slower pace than last year when it reported that 28,480 shows went dark. I think the number of inactive podcasts is much higher because most podcasters don't bother to report to Apple that a show is completed. Also, with hosting services such as Anchor and others, which are free for publishers, the RSS feed is seldom deleted, which would confirm the podcast is finished producing episodes. Besides these trends and stories, little worthwhile news has been reported because of all the conference conferences being canceled as the podcasting world concentrates on the pandemic and rightfully so. I'm going to start another little mini series called So You Want to Be a Podcaster. Here are some lessons I have learned. With many of you locked down for the duration of the pandemic, maybe you should start a podcast. If you do, email me at ofntpodcast at gmail.com and let me know the podcast name and I'll give it a listen. You can order the equipment you need from Amazon and other sites online. No need to go out. When deciding to begin this endeavor, I made the decision to do this as a hobby. If money came my way, that would be great. If none did, and none has, that was okay too. Now, if you want to launch a podcast for a commercial endeavor, that's a different thing altogether, and I can't give you any advice on that. First up, think of what you want to talk about. It should be something you have some good knowledge of and are really into. Next, Name the show something generic in case the subject or direction of the show changes over time. Search your podcast app and Google to make sure the name is not taken by another podcast. After that, research, research, and do more research. I was so naive that I did not know that you needed a company to host your show. I went with Buzzsprout because it was the service that fit my needs. There are plenty of hosts out there, so just compare them and see uh, what fits best for you. If you are not sure how committed you are to podcasting, use Anchor to start off. It's free. As far as equipment, again, research. I didn't do my homework and started with a Blue Yeti because all these internet list sites said this was the best microphone for a beginner. Well, it is if your recording space is quiet enough. That's because the Yeti is a condenser-style microphone and will pick up all the noise in the room. A dynamic mic will reject most room noise. I recommend the Samson Q2U which is a dynamic mic that features both a USB and XLR output. I'll explain that in a later episode. You can grow with it with this setup. Besides, a Blue Yeti sells for $129 on Amazon, while the QTU goes for $59. I never launched an episode with the Yeti because the recordings I made were too noisy. My first published episode, Hello World, was recorded using the QTU. Next week, I'll cover audio interfaces. How exciting, right? Words of Impact This is an old and oft-repeated saying. When life throws you a lemon, make lemonade. Meaning, 
try and make the best of the situation, no matter how bad it seems at the time. After a perceived low point of my current career, an old-timer repeated that saying to me, and I did just that. I created Lemonade, and looking back, that time period was the best part of my time on this job. Next, I'll wrap up my three-part series on Montauk Air Force Station. Last week, I told of my mundane workday and the Sergeant Smith saga. This week, I tell the story of Airman Pineda and how he earned the status of hero of the former camp hero. Airman Pineda was described to me as a short, stocky man of Puerto Rican heritage. He was well-liked and a hard worker, but had one little problem. He liked to party. Partying included smoking some marijuana, which, of course, even these days, is a big no-no in the military. His number came up, and he was selected for a random drug test, a test he apparently had been studying for. After a positive result came back from the test, the first sergeant had a hard-on for him. I met the guy, the first sergeant, that is and briefly had a conversation with him one morning where he tried to trip me up by asking me what I thought about my first first sergeant back at my home base. Well, I really didn't like the first sergeant at my home base. He was a lot like the guy I'm going to describe now. Sensing a trap, I told the Montauk first sergeant I thought the, the first sergeant at my home base was a great guy. He responded by saying, You bet he is. He's a good friend of mine. And continued talking to me about crap the two had done together, etc. Stuff a young airman like myself at the time really had no interest in. All in all, I was not impressed by the man and was relieved when we went our separate ways. Upon arriving at work and mentioning this brief conversation to a co-worker who had been stationed at Montauk for three years, he filled me in on the reign of terror this first sergeant had unleashed on the small enlisted population. This guy enjoyed screwing with people, especially if you got on his radar. You got on his radar by bouncing a check, forget to shave one day, or other infractions great and small. He was known to show up at the barracks unannounced and do impromptu inspections and disturbed everyone's daily life in what was their home. Now back to Airman Pineda. Pineda, having been caught using an illegal substance, was awaiting a general discharge from the Air Force. While a general discharge is not a bad discharge, it makes people question when they see it on your record. He worked the overnight shift at the power plant, so he, of course, slept in the daytime. One morning, the first sergeant decided he would go pay Aaron Pineda a visit to get one last chance to hassle him before his separation from the military became final. According to witnesses, he stormed into the barracks and, using his pass key, entered Aaron Pineda's room and shook the sleeping man awake rather violently while yelling. Pineda, awake now and confused, jumped out of his bed and stood face to face with the first sergeant with his fists balled up and body tensed. The poor guy probably had no idea what was going on. 
The first sergeant moved within inches of Pineda and, with a sneer on his face, said, You want to hit me, boy? Well, go ahead. Unfortunately for the first sergeant, Aaron Pineda obliged and proceeded to hand the guy his ass. He knocked him down and jumped on him and started pummeling him with punches. The first sergeant cried out for the other airmen to help him, but none came immediately to his aid. They were enjoying this and didn't want to jump in too soon. Eventually they did and separated the two men, and the first sergeant stormed off, threatening to be back with the security police. About 15 minutes later, the first sergeant made good on his threat, and Aaron Pineda was placed under arrest for assault. This was a big deal, of course, and investigators were sent from McGuire Air Force Base and began questioning both parties and witnesses. Confirming that the first sergeant entered Pineda's room without knocking, shook the airman awake, and then told, telling him to go ahead and hit him, well, the investigators sided with Airman Pineda. The recommendation from the investigators was to drop all charges against Pineda because he was acting in self-defense and charge the first sergeant with assault and other things. This would have ruined the first sergeant's career and most definitely resulted in a reduction in rank and forced him to retire. The commander, who didn't want any of this because it would reflect badly on him, decided to cut Pineda a deal. The airman would still be discharged, but instead of a general discharge, it would be an honorable discharge. Also, Pineda's problems with illegal substances would be purged from his record. Of course, he took this deal and was celebrated as a hero for not only beating the crap out of the hated first sergeant, but also getting away with the deed. One Friday night, I was watching television in the day room of the barracks when one of the radar techs walked in after finishing his shift. He was a tall, wiry guy from Texas and had that cool drawl when he talked. He told me that earlier that evening, he received a call from a local resident of Montauk who wanted to report a UFO. He described it to him and told him which direction to look to see it. The radar guy did take a look but didn't see anything and told the resident who then abruptly disconnected the line. This guy being from Texas probably didn't get the joke because they're too nice of people out there, not like us New Yorkers. I just think it was a prank. Montauk actually had a fairly large deer population and to cull the herd staged a short hunting season. I think it lasted a week or two. I think it was only a week. One temporarily duty-assigned airman was from Pennsylvania and was always bragging about his hunting prowess. He just couldn't wait for the hunting season to begin and ensured us he would bag the biggest deer that week. We nicknamed this guy the Great White Hunter. Well, hunting season came and the Great White Hunter went out to stalk his prey. Hours later, we got word that he had shot himself a deer and was bringing it back on the hood of his car to show it off to us. A little while later, we heard a car beeping, and about three of us went out to see his kill. What we saw was a very small deer, almost a baby. A guy walked out from the barracks, saw the poor dead deer, looked at the great white hunter and said, Shit, you killed Bambi! We all had a good laugh. The great white hunter... Never lived it down. A sergeant in charge of the radar techs had a bit more luck that week. 
The radar tower at Montauk sat near a fall-off of land that led down to some brush. One afternoon after finishing his shift, the guy walked to his car, which was located in the small parking lot adjacent to the tower, and happened to look down the fall-off and saw a huge, for Montauk, buck. The deer was just standing there looking around. The sergeant got into his car, drove about three miles home, retrieved his rifle, and returned to the parking lot. He looked back down to fall off, and the deer were still standing there. He promptly shot and killed it, and then retrieved it. That deer became the main course of the banquet held after the deactivating ceremony. I described that ceremony in part one of this story. The last story I will share about Montauk Air Force Station was their nearest neighbors. They were a celebrity couple at the time, Peter Beard and Cheryl Teej. He, a famous wildlife photographer and writer, her considered the first supermodel. Look them up. A base closing party was held at the NCO club and the couple was invited to attend. To everyone's surprise, they actually showed up. Ms. Teej looked beautiful, and of course she would, being that she was one of the top models of the time, and she was enjoying the zenith of her modeling career. Of course, this prompted a few GIs to rush back to the barracks and bring back to the party some underwear for her to autograph. Who but a GI would even think of something like that? She and her husband thought it was hilarious and took it in stride. Peter Beard commented during the party that the station was the best neighbors he ever had and lamented about who would occupy the area next. After the deactivation, we had to clean out the radar tower's equipment, most of which was classified. It was grueling work because we had to lower the stuff to ground level via a pulley system attached to the top of the tower. Because of the sensitivity of the stuff, it had to be transported via small vans with an armed courier. So this increased the frequency of trips to McGuire Air Force Base from one to three trips a week. I remember from those days the poor Coast Guard coming in, hauling away a lot of stuff we were going to throw out. They were part of the Department of Treasury at the time and severely underfunded. In April of 1981, I was released from temporary duty and sent back to my home base. A radio relay station remained in operation in the area until the mid-80s. I visited Montauk Air Force Station around that time with a friend one summer, and we were confronted by civilian security, one of whom I knew while I was assigned there. Upon recognizing me, he told me that I was lucky because they were arresting trespassers. He gave my friend and I a ride back to the main gate and told us never to come back. Perhaps the conspiracy theorists did the same and cooked up the stories they published. They claim that the radar tower was and still active and is used for time travel and mind control. They point to the fact that the antenna still changes direction, though it's supposedly inactive. Well, I personally witnessed the gutting of all electronics and, and controls from the structure and transported most of the stuff for turning at McGuire Air Force Base. Why does the antenna still turn, you may ask? I'm sure you can figure it out. Originally, the antenna was to be removed, but local fishermen and boaters petitioned to keep it there because they used it as a navigation aid. It was more visible than the nearby lighthouse that the Coast Guard ran. The Air Force always liked saving money, and they obliged. 
The antenna is in so-called free mode and moves whenever the wind blows. If it was mounted statically, it would be in danger of falling off the tower during a storm. Montauk Air Force Station was giving, given to the state of New York who made it a park. The old base housing became low income and public housing. I haven't visit, visited the place since the mid-80s, so maybe one day my son and I will take a ride out there. I can show him what I was doing before he was even a thought in my mind. I hope you enjoyed this series. If you didn't, let me know, and I'll never do something like this again. Rant This isn't really a rant. It's more of a speculative question and opinion piece. What gives the governor of a state the right to limit citizens' movement within said state? Basically, this lockdown, and don't let the government fool you when they call it some other name. By doing this, the government is taking, taking away one of our basic rights, the right of free movement. It seems no one has even questioned the governor's authority to do this. Where are the, the ACLU and other organizations that claim to be looking out for us citizens? Not a peep out of them. What comes next? Restriction of opinion and information? Then what? The seizure of weapons? I have an uneasy feeling about these new measures. If people start getting frustrated about these restrictions, and you know they will, public disobedience will occur, giving, giving the authorities a reason to restrict more freedoms, in my opinion. If this measure is only meant to last until enough test kits are available, then disregard what I, what I am saying. But remember the Patriot, Patriot Act after 9-11? The restrictions on our rights, especially privacy from that bill, they have never been restored. Will the restrictions being imposed now and over the next few weeks be temporary? I guess time will tell. Episode 21 is over. Finally, some of you might say. I went a little long this time. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed doing it and hope you found it worthwhile. You can contact me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you are so inclined. Tell me how I suck and then suggest how I can improve this excuse of a show. I'd love to hear from you. Be safe. See you next week. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. Help out a neighbor in need during this crisis. Now, put on your masks and get off my lawn. I'm out, folks. See you later.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.